Popecast. Ian Pope here coming at you uh, on the Popecast this beautiful Wednesday, uh, around midday on a Wednesday here. Went to see Chappelle last night. I'm going to recap the Chappelle show experience for you briefly, give you the rundown of that. It was a nice, fun night last night. Um, also on the rundown, I'm going to talk to you about the wild decision that Hy-Vee has made. Another wild move by our local power grocer, the big dog on the block. Just can't get enough. So, and third item on the rundown today, the crazy name suggestion that I received last night for our baby boy. Wild name suggestion. I uh, think it's probably the worst name that I could name this kid. And uh, I'll tell you why. So we'll start off with the Chappelle show experience last night. The documentary was awesome. Very well done documentary. Drags you into a lot of emotional ground, brings you back into 2020, brings you back into George Floyd, brings you um, kind of back into the full experience. And if anything like me, kind of you're ready to move on from it. And so that's one of the reasons why it was important to have it brought back. And Dave did a great job of uh, doing that. He said why he decided to come to Des Moines and it was a pretty interesting reason that he gave and I'll tell you guys he said that he came to Des Moines because of our politics because this is a largely red state because of the role that we have in choosing a president in the caucuses and that was he did a show in San Francisco he did a show in Minneapolis and he did Des Moines I don't know where else he's been those are the spots that I know he's been but San Francisco is obviously a pretty soft target um, as far as uh, liberal politics. Des Moines is a soft spot, obviously, in Iowa for um, liberal leanings, left leanings, but he knows that our state as a whole is red, and even, you know, Des Moines is uh, fairly, you know, split, obviously left-leaning, but there is, you know, a fair amount of, of, uh, of conservative support in Des Moines, I think you would say. So he wanted to bring these social issues to his fans. And the one thing that we all had in common there is that we all appreciate Dave Chappelle and we recognize that he is, you know, certainly the best comic of our generation. I think that's a safe assumption. Um, as far as people saying the best comedian of all time, I think that you can't do that with comedy because it's so era specific and nothing really holds up. It's hard to have Richard Pryor hold up. It's hard to have, you know, certainly any of the great, what what was considered great comedy of back in the day. Um, topical references, you know, just are not known. Just the climate and the feel, the environment that was out there at the time of the jokes telling doesn't exist anymore. That, all that energy is gone. So, Dave... Um, for me, is certainly, it would be undisputed to say that he's the most commercially successful. I guess you could, you could make a case for Kevin Hart, um, but Dave Chappelle always kind of gets credit for having a more artistic sensibility about him. Kevin, you know, goofy, fun, uh, high energy, things like that. Large, large commercial appeal. Also, you know, performing in, in arenas and things like that. So, but it seems as though right now Dave is really on a different track. 
Um, the comedy almost seems like an afterthought to him. He did, you know, 20 minutes of jokes after the documentary, and lots of it was jokes that I had heard before. Um, and it's always fun to hear him live. But part of the interesting thing to me as a performer was these jokes that I know that he's done. If I've heard them myself a handful of times, he's performed these same jokes a hundred times. And the energy that he brings and the ability to stay present or at least appear present to the observer, to a, to a crowd member is truly remarkable. I noticed that with everybody performing throughout the night. Uh, Jeff Ross opened up and you know, you could tell when he was doing material and it's part of it is just how well written it is and part of it is how many times they've practiced it but in my experience the more times that I do a joke a lot of times it can lose that fun authenticity to me jokes oftentimes for me um, work better when they're fresher to me because the crowd can just kind of feel it when it's more fun to you and when when you're going through the motions as um, as can happen if you've done material a bunch, the crowd can kind of sense that if you're if you're phoning it in. But these guys, true professionals, top of their craft, and one of the most remarkable things, besides obviously the writing, which is incredible, is the ability to present the jokes as though they're fresh, even though Lord knows they're not. So Dave came to said that he came to Des Moines in order to bring the sort of present the politics to our people and the documentary really got into it right away um, lots of uh, protest footage um, showed Dave backstage kind of like basically saying that if he didn't talk about George Floyd tonight that the whole thing would would be a sham and the people that are the most Dave is certainly goofy and he said some wild stuff last night you know some things that in the wrong room you know if there were phones out you know cancelable type things but you understand why he bags those phones and it really makes for a great experience for the crowd everyone's very present everyone's in the moment people aren't you know if Lord knows that if we were able to have our phones out of these bags out of these yonder bags that the whole night would have just been people with their phones up taking videos and for one that's distracting as hell as a crowd member um, but for two it just takes people out of the uh, out of being present for a comedy show and uh, so I thought it was a really great experience to have those phones bagged up but uh, yeah Dave told a funny story about going to Beach Girls, the last time he was in town, which I think was he said was 2019, and he couldn't remember the name of Beach Girls, so he shouted to the crowd, uh, and people shouted Beach Girls back at him when, when he was trying to remember what it was called, but he couldn't hear them, and so he said, Bistro, he thought they were telling him that the name of the strip club was Bistro, and he had a funny line that said, uh, yeah, something about Gravy and pussy should never be in the same sentence, which is a fair point, I think. But uh, so, yeah, you know, lots of lots of funny moments. Um, Earthquake was the star of the show, comedian wise for me. He was the feature behind Jeff Ross, the host, kind of before the documentary. So 
Earthquake is hilarious. Earthquake is hilarious. And um, that was that was really fun. Freddie Gibbs came out 2000, uh, 2021. Grammy nominee from Gary, Indiana rapper. Lots of people were pretty pumped about this. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I had my heart set for... There were some shots of Erica Badu in the documentary. And so I was like, man, that would be sweet. Um, you know, John Mayer was in the documentary on stage. You know, obviously that guy slays the guitar. And uh, anyway, we got Freddie Gibbs. So it is what it is. Rap so hard to pull off live, in my humble opinion. You know, so that's that. But uh, yeah, let's see. Do I have any other notes? I kind of... I thought I'd remember pretty much everything I wanted to say. Man, Michelle Wolf was uh, so good in the documentary. Dave had a really heartfelt moment with her after watching her perform on the farm where he kind of pulled her aside and was like, Michelle, we need... I think there's something that you're not saying. You're holding back from the crowd. There's a wall up between you and the crowd. And it was such an insightful observation from Dave as somebody who knows her very well. He could just tell by her energy and her presentation that she was holding something back. And so her next time out, um, you know, you could tell that she really, she really heeded his advice, even though it was uncomfortable and it was hard for her. And she talked about some heartfelt things about her life sort of trajectory and path and was really vulnerable on stage and afterwards said, this was one of my favorite sets that I've ever done. And um, so I thought it was really just sweet how Dave was able to pull that out of her. And you know, put her in that uncomfortable place to really say something that say something that was like real or whatever real. And, you know, she, of course, is hilarious and was able to make it funny, too. So you always expect the best from Michelle Wolf, big, a big Michelle Wolf guy, big fan. Donnell Rollins was on the documentary. Um, Ashley Larry, Donnell is so freaking likable man he is uh he made some jokes that would make a lot of people blush and some too soon jokes after george floyd that were pretty wild that had dave back backstage watching on the monitor shaking his head and he said that's why donnell they call him mr too soon right there because nothing is too soon for donnell he really brought the heat so the documentary put him in a good light so as you would expect, Dave made the documentary. Donnell's his good friend. You would expect it to be in a good light. Chris Rock ate a bag of Dickens down there. No amount of editing could hide that. So that was funny to watch a, a legend, Chris Rock. It just shows, man, that you got to put in the work before you just show up and think that everything is going to be going to be gravy out there, you know. So. That's all I got to say about that. I'm going to move on to the high V topic right now. I may circle back to Dave as I think about more of what I want to say about that. But uh, it was brought to my attention recently. Notice that High V has started selling treadmills. Inside of High V grocery stores, they're selling treadmills. All right. Wild decision, High V. They set the treadmills up right in front of the nail salon. So these ladies that are sitting in there getting their nails did are spending like 30 minutes just in chairs staring directly at treadmills which is hilarious they have to have women as their target demo and just manipulative stuff by high v man 
very funny. They don't have salesmen there. Lots of these more boutique, you know, treadmill sales places like Push Pedal Pull or Second Wind or even like Played Against Sports. They pride themselves on having a salesperson there who can talk you through the ins and outs of a treadmill and really kind of help make the sale. Hivey doesn't do any of that. No salesperson there. They just set up a mirror right there by the treadmill so you walk by and look at yourself. <laughs> and they're just like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, huh? You think you need this treadmill? Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look in your shopping cart. How many donuts do you need? So, <laughs> IV. I'm sure they're going to sell some treadmills in there. I think it's a good idea. It's a much more sound idea than having these sections of clothes. I went into the Fleur Hy-Vee. When the first time I went into the Fleur Hy-Vee and saw it, came around the corner and very unexpectedly just saw racks and racks of clothing, like multiple aisles, like a whole section of clothes. And my first reaction was, shit, holy hell, somebody at corporate really has their back against the wall for an idea on this one. Somebody's reputation is staked on the line. They put somebody up, uh, put somebody's back against the wall to come up with an idea. And the best they could do was, uh, we could try to be more like Target, I guess. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do what Target does? Yeah, great, great original idea, Hy-Vee. So I always thought that was a wild decision. This treadmill decision is pretty hilarious. Bringing treadmills in there over the PA. Stop back to the bakery today. Pick up a uh, cake for that special occasion or just treat yourself because you know you deserve it. And while you're at it, stop by aisle nine for a treadmill because look at your ass. So <laughs> great decision, hy -Vee. I think it's a funny move. I'm going to write more about this and try to take that to the stage and see what happens. So what else do we got? Oh man. Um, I got a baby boy coming. Lots of you guys might know this and we're just up against the wall on names. We don't have any ideas for names. Boy names are just difficult for us. We're just, uh, just got, you know, a mental block against it. No real leading candidates, no real names that we're like, all right, we're going to go with this. Maybe if we don't think up anything else. And, uh, I was with some people last night and this, this baby name topic came up as it tends to happen. And people know you're having a kid and somebody suggests that we use the Irish name Killian. Killian, nice, nice, nice Irish name. But, um, honestly, I don't know how comfortable I feel naming a kid Kill Ian, right? Especially a boy who is, uh, if anybody's ever been a boy listening to this podcast, you know that there always comes a day, it seems, with your dad where you think that you're like the man man of the house now or like, you know what I'm saying? There's always a day, this seems, between father and son that there's like a major conflict when usually, I think for me, it was sometime when I was in, you know I mean? I was probably like 16 14, I mean, anyway, I was in those teenage years, but I thought my dad was being a dick for whatever reason. I don't even obviously remember what the reason could have been, and I'm sure that I actually was just being a dick, just a, uh, you know, hormonal, pubescent, um, he was like, thinks that 
thinks that he's got it all figured out. But you just have so much testosterone at that point, you don't know what to do with it. So anyway, their sons and their fathers always have a wild moment that I'm preparing for. Now that I got this boy on the way, I got to, you know, at least stay physically fit enough to defend myself or to like be intimidating enough that he doesn't just think he can take me from the jump. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it would just be probably poor decision for my health to name my kid Killian. <laughs> Kill Ian. Um, you know, you predict your own predict your own demise at that point, I think. So anyway, we'll see what we come up with as far as the name goes. This has been the Popecast. My name is Ian Pope. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.